Elements of Delict The elements of a delict as follows, the elements of harm and conduct are fact-based inquiries, while causation is part factual and part normative, and wrongfulness and fault are entirely normative, that is, value-based, in that they articulate a wider societal policy perspective. Delict is inherently a flexible set of principles that embody social policy. Harm sustained by the plaintiff. Conduct on the part of the defendant which is wrongful. A causal connection between the conduct and the plaintiff's harm, and fault or blameworthiness on the part of the defendant. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. European Union. The legal framework of the European Union consists of the treaties, regulations, directives and case law. Specifically in the area of tort law, a number of rules can be found in tort law directives. Examples of directives include the Product Liability Directive and the Directive on Unfair Commercial Practices. A directives can be either a maximum harmonization directives, which means member states are not allowed to deviate from it, or a minimum harmonization directive, which only provides a general framework. Article 288 of the TFU, however, concedes that a directive shall be binding as to the result to be achieved, upon each member state to which it is addressed, but shall leave to national authorities the choice of form and methods. Liability can also be based on the violation of community provisions. Article 288 of the TFU explicitly regulates the liability of community institutions for damage caused by the breach of union law. This article does not give precise liability rules but refers to the general principles common to the laws of member states. It does not mean that the community judicature must search for a solution favored by a majority of member states. It simply means that the community judicature must look to the national systems for inspiration in devising a regime of non-contractual liability adapted to the specific circumstances of the community. The development of a general principle of liability for breach of union law is also in the Frankovich case law of the ECJ. In this 1991 decision, the ECJ acknowledged liability of the member states towards individuals for violation of union law as being inherent in the system of the treaty and being necessary for the effectiveness of community of law. On the basis of the general principles to which Article 288 refers, the ECJ developed three requirements for liability. The rule of law infringed must be intended to confer rights on individuals. The breach must be sufficiently serious. There must be a direct causal link between the breach of the obligation resting on the state and the damage sustained by the injured parties. The fulfillment of these requirements is sufficient for a right to compensation, which is directly based in union law. Within the European Union and neighboring countries, the European Group on Tort Law promotes the harmonization of tort law within the region. The group meets regularly to discuss fundamental issues of tort law liability as well as recent developments and the future directions of the law of tort. The group has founded the European Center of Tort and Insurance Law in Vienna. The group has drafted a collection of principles of European tort law similar to the principles of European contract law drafted by the European Contract Law Commission. The principles of European tort law are a compilation of guidelines by the European Group on Tort Law aiming at the harmonization of European tort law. 
They are not intended to serve as a model code, even though their wording may resemble statutory texts. At least with respect to form and structure, they resemble an American restatement of the law. The principles of European tort law are intended to serve as a common framework for the further development of national tort laws and also of singular European legislation, which could avoid a further drifting apart of piecemeal rulemaking both on a national and on the European level. Conflict of laws. In certain instances, different jurisdictions' law may apply to a tort, in which case rules have developed for which law to apply. In common law jurisdictions, the traditional approach to determine which jurisdiction's tort law is applicable is the proper law test. When the jurisdiction is in dispute, one or more state laws will be relevant to the decision-making process. If the laws are the same, this will cause no problems, but if there are substantive differences, the choice of which law to apply will produce a different judgment. Each state therefore produces a set of rules to guide the choice of law and one of the most significant rules is that the law to be applied in any given situation will be the proper law. This is the law which seems to have the closest and most real connection to the facts of the case, and so has the best claim to be applied. The general rule is that the proper law is the primary system of law which governs most aspects of the factual situation giving rise to the dispute. This does not imply that all the aspects of the factual circumstances are necessarily governed by the same system of law, but there is a strong presumption that this will be the case. Traditionally, Common law jurisdictions such as England required double actionability for torts, effectively requiring the conduct to be considered tortious both in England and in the jurisdiction whose law is to apply under the proper law rule. Over time, the proper law test has been refined or replaced in many common law jurisdictions either with reference to all instances of conflict of laws or specifically in the case of tort law. In English law, with the exception of defamation which continues to apply the proper law test, S-10 Private International Law, Miscellaneous Provisions, Act 1995 abolishes the double actionability test, and S-11 applies the Lex Loci Delicti rule subject to an exception under S-12 derived from Boys v. Chaplin AC-356 and Red Sea Insurance Company Limited v. Bage S.A. Thus, it is no longer necessary for the case to be based on a tort actionable in England. The English courts must apply wider international tests and respect any remedies available under the applicable law or lex cause including any rules on who may claim, for example whether a personal representative may claim for a fatal accident, and who the relevant defendant may be, for example the English court would have to apply the applicable law's rules on vicarious liability or the identity of an occupier of land. The first step is for the court to decide where the tort occurred, which may be complicated if relevant events took place in more than one state. S. 11.2 distinguishes between actions for personal injuries, it is the law of the place where the individual sustained the injury. Damage to property, it is the law of the place where the property was damaged, and in any other case, it is the law of the place in which the most significant element or elements occurred. In exceptional circumstances, the lex loci delicti rule is displaced in favor of another law, if the factors relating to the parties or any of the events which constitute the tort show that this other law will be substantially more appropriate. Within the European Union, there have been efforts to harmonize conflict of tort laws rules between member states. Under Article 3 of the proposed Rome II Regulation on the Law Applicable to Non-Contractual Obligations, July 22, 2003, there would be a general presumption that the lex loci delicti will apply subject to either, an exception in paragraph 2 for the application of the law to any common habitual residence between the parties, 
or an exception in paragraph 3 for cases in which the non-contractual obligation is manifestly more closely connected with another country. The so-called proximity criterion. In effect, where other specific rules of the regulation are not applied, these general rules replicate the effect of the English rules outlined above. In product liability cases, Article 4 selects the law of the injured party's habitual residence if the product was marketed there with the consent of the defendant. The rationale is that if a defendant knows of, and is benefiting from, sales in the plaintiff's state, the choice of that state's law is reasonable. Article 6 specifies the lex fori for actions arising out of breach of privacy or defamation, a rule that may increase the risk of forum shopping. Whether the plaintiff has any right of reply in a defamation case will be determined under the law of the state where the broadcaster or publisher is established. In cases where contract and tort issues overlap, Article 9 states that the same law should govern both sets of issues, thus applying contractual choice of law clauses to related tort litigation. In the United States, where each state constitutes a distinct jurisdiction for the purposes of tort law, Different jurisdictions take different approaches to conflict of laws and rules regarding conflict of tort laws apply equally to conflicts between the tort laws of two American states and conflicts between an American state and a foreign jurisdiction. Until the 20th century, traditional choice of law rules were based on the principle that legal rights best automatically at legally significant and ascertainable times and places. For example, a dispute regarding property would be decided by the law of the place the property was located. Disputes in tort would be decided by the place where the injury occurred. During the first half of the 20th century, the traditional conflict of laws approach came under criticism from some members of the American legal community who saw it as rigid and arbitrary. The traditional methods sometimes forced application of the laws of a state with no connection to either party, except that a tort or contract claim arose between the parties in that state. This period of intellectual ferment, which coincided with the rise of the legal realism movement, introduced a number of innovative approaches to American choice of laws jurisprudence. Renvoy, under this approach, courts look for a provision in the law of the choice of law state that permits the court to use the lex fori, i.e. law of the forum state. Significant context test, this test evaluates the contacts between the states and each party to the case, and determines which state has the most significant contacts with the litigation as a whole. Seat of the relationship test, this test specifically examines the relationship between the parties to the lawsuit and uses the law of the state in which the relationship between the parties was most significant. Balance of interests test, this test examines the interests of the states themselves and the reasons for which the laws in question were passed. It is the brainchild of University of Chicago law professor Brainerd Curry, who outlined the doctrine in a series of articles from the 1950s and 60s. Under this form of analysis, the court must determine whether any conflict between the laws of the states is a true conflict, a false conflict, or an unprovided for case. A true conflict occurs when one state offers a protection to a particular party that another state does not, and the court of the state that offers no such protection is asked to apply the law of the state offering the protection. In such a case, if the interests are balanced, the law of the forum will prevail. A false or apparent conflict occurs when the state offering the protection has no actual interest in the endorsement of that protection against the particular parties to the case. In this case, since neither party is from the forum state, it has no interest in the application of the law to these persons. An unprovided for case is one in which each party is seeking to apply the law of the other state. In such a case, the law of the forum will prevail. Comparative impairment test 
this test asks which state's policies would suffer more if their law was not applied. This is similar to interest analysis, in that the interests of the state are taken into account, however, this test does not look to see which state benefits more from the application of its laws, but rather for situations in which the other state's interests will actually be harmed by the application of the laws of the forum state. Better Rule Test The Better Rule Test presupposes that, between the laws presented by the two or more states in which the action arose, there is one set of laws which is empirically better, and which is therefore more meritorious of application by the forum court. Use of the Better Rule Test, like Renvoy, is frowned upon because it appears to be little more than a gimmick to allow a court to apply the law of its own state. Contract law. Tort is sometimes viewed as the causes of action which are not defined in other areas such as contract or fiduciary law. However, tort and contract law are similar in that both involve a breach of duties, and in modern law these duties have blurred and it may not be clear whether an action sounds in tort or contract, if both apply and different standards apply for each, such as a statute of limitations, courts will determine which is the gravamen, the most applicable. Circumstances such as those involving professional negligence may involve both torts and contracts. The choice may affect time limits or damages, particularly given that damages are typically relatively limited in contract cases while in tort cases non-economic damages such as pain and suffering may be awarded. Punitive damages are relatively uncommon in contractual cases versus tort cases. However, compensation for defective but not unsafe products is typically available only through contractual actions through the law of warranty. In the United Kingdom, plaintiffs in professional negligence cases have some degree of choice in which law while in commercial transactions contract law applies, in unusual cases, intangible losses have been awarded in contract law cases. The English case Hadley v. Baxendale, 1854, which was adopted in the United States, split contract and tort damages by foreseeability of the damages when the contract was made. In the United States, the pure economic loss rule was adopted to further prevent negligence lawsuits in breach of contract cases. This economic loss rule was adopted by the Supreme Court of the United States East River Steamship Corp v. Transamerica Delaval Incorporated, 1986, and expanded across the country in a non-uniform manner, leading to confusion. Among other examples, the tort of insurance bad faith arises out of a contractual relationship, and collateral torts such as wrongful dismissal involving possible overlap with labor law contracts. Criminal law. There is some overlap between criminal law and tort. For example, in English law an assault is both a crime and a tort, a form of trespass to the person. A tort allows a person to obtain a remedy that serves their own purposes, for example, the payment of damages or the obtaining of injunctive relief. Criminal actions on the other hand are pursued not to obtain remedies to assist a person, although often criminal courts do have power to grant such remedies, but to remove their liberty on the state's behalf. This explains why incarceration is usually available as a penalty for serious crimes, but not usually for torts. In early common law, the distinction between crime and tort was not distinct. The more severe penalties available in criminal law also means that it requires a higher burden of proof to be discharged than the related tort. As with other areas of private law, the burden of proof required in tort, known either as the balance of probabilities in English common law or preponderance of evidence in American law, is lower than the higher standard of beyond a reasonable doubt. Sometimes a claimant may prevail in a tort case even if the defendant who allegedly caused harm were acquitted in an earlier criminal trial. For example, O.J. Simpson was acquitted in criminal court of murder but later found liable for the tort of wrongful death. 
both tort law and criminal law may impose liability where there is intentional action, reckless behavior, carelessness, product liability without negligence, in the U.S. and the EU, innocence, provided there is strict liability, battery, assault, and or trespass. Under Indian tort law and in other jurisdictions which adopted a version of the 1860 Indian Penal Code, the torts of assault and battery are interpreted with reference to equivalent criminal offenses under the Indian Penal Code.